holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. How you guys doing? I'm Adam Lefko. That's David Ingber. Hello. Brian Westbrook. Had to leave. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I am wearing, if you're watching on Facebook right now, uh, a sweater. You guys remember this from last year around the Super Bowl, where I threw for 49 and a half yards and Gatorade put it on a sweater and sent it to me. So thank you to Jason Belenke. Thank you to Gatorade because I have my official own ugly sweater and I want to wear it for the holiday. That's a nice trump card at any ugly sweater party that you can actually wear yourself to the party. And it looks pretty good. Yeah. I've had a number of people reach out. How do they get one? And It's one of one. Sorry. Strong. Yeah. Strong. You have an ugly sweater though at home? I do. Um, I had told my wife that I wanted an ugly sweater because it was such a trendy thing two, three Christmases ago yes. that everyone started having. But people were buying, you know, I have my takes about things. This is one of my takes. When people just go online and order a very funny Christmas sweater, it's like, no, that's not actually funny. You're just using someone else's joke as your self-expression. Right. Right. If someone buys one and it's like, this is drunk Santa and it's like him falling off a sleigh. Like that doesn't add to your personality. That's just you buying someone's sweater. You that's like very... when it's like a traditional chunky green with like <laughs> yeah. pinned in. To and me, a, and that's funny. I don't want it to have been made with actual humorous consequence. I want it to have been made as a legitimate, like where, authentic where Christmas sweater. Where are my ho-ho-hos at? You're like, that, that wasn't you. Exactly. No, that's just a joke that someone wrote, which, you know, I, I'll admit is a funny joke. What if they stitch it on themselves? Uh, yeah, if you made it yourself, if Even, you uh, that's a bonus. created it or you silk screened your own ugly Christmas t-shirt, yeah. good for you. I'm just saying, like, if you want to go to an ugly Christmas sweater and you want to impress the right people, right, the, the, the comedy nerds out there, you can't just go online and buy a funny sweater. You want to buy the sweater from a vintage store from so 1973. So this is this sweater. It's actually a sweater vest, and uh, it just has presence embossed on it, like like physically coming out of it and yes. you can't wash it and then the uh the zipper is a giant snowflake right oh. in the middle it's so g- gloriously hideous thrift store baby and because it's a vest you can actually wear like a, a a dress shirt and a tie underneath it it's it's my favorite way to look i love that yeah we are doing the woeies the whoa big nfl season <laughs> the regular season is in the books 17 weeks are done. We're getting ready for the playoffs. We'll be recording our playoff show with Warren Sharp on Thursday before the wild card games. All that stuff's going to be coming out. It's going to be great. But we wanted to capture the moments of the season that weren't just on the field. Like when we do Woe Big Offseason, it's all the other stories that we love. Right. Ingber put together a bunch of different categories. We are going to go through. We'll tell you our favorites. And then we're going to post these on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Lefko Show, and we'll let you guys officially pick the winners. The 33% gets to officially decide the winner. We'll give our Yeah, we our give thoughts. our picks. Yeah. Do we get, like, extra weight in the voting, like the way, like, Simon Cowell would get a little bit of weight, but the fans would also? They will be the deciding factor. Okay. So if, if you went one way, I went the other way, and then the, the fans pick one of us, then it's definitely, if it's a mix, then uh, I have no idea. <laughs> The first category, I will read off. Bum, bada, bum, 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 bum. The Oh Shit, I Totally Forgot About That Award. And David, who are the nominees? Well, these were fun to come up with. This was like a group effort coming up with these because you, oh shit, totally forgot about it. This one's pretty recent. Number one, 
Haskins missing the kneel down because he was taking a selfie with some oh, Redskins fans. So good. Okay. Number two, Trubisky was, this is Mitchell Trubisky, was the most bet on MVP candidate in Vegas over the summer at 200 I to one odds. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> Feels like 10 years ago. Yes. Uh, number three. OBJ getting fined for wearing an expensive watch on the field. That was such a big deal. Came and went. To, and then and then he got kicked out the next game with a visor, but like Watchgate was a thing for a week. Watchgate. Uh, <coughs> number four, Antonio Brown calling Mike Mayock a cracker. What an incredible time that was. Number five, the time Antonio Brown froze his feet, which just feels like a quaint story at this point. All of the Antonio Browns are incredible. And the final... The final nominee of the Oh Shit, I totally forgot about that award. Antonio Brown briefly signing with the Bills for a cup of coffee. And the fact that I have that Ian Rappaport video saved, and I'm going to save it for the rest of my life. I have sent it to people that are Bills fans because it's so damn funny. But when you really realize that Antonio Brown was the Bills for a night, like that will be lost. But of those six, which one is your Oh Shit, I totally forgot about that award? Uh, for me, it's Mitchell Trubisky because I actually had him as my preseason. You have to put ten bucks down on this. Odds. You bet it. I didn't. I said it, it was my like my 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 pick. I if, wasn't if, sure if when we were in Vegas, you actually bet on that. <laughs> I didn't lay any wood on it. I'm just saying, like it was two hundred to one odds. The Bears easily could have been thirteen and three this year based on their previous performance in twenty eighteen. Great defense. So a lot of second year quarterbacks become even better third year quarterbacks. There was very little reason not to throw ten dollars down at two hundred to one. Yeah, right. Two hundred to one. Wow. Why would you not throw ten bucks down? So I was a big believer in that. Totally blocked it out of my mind, and then four months later was reminded of that fact. So that's my I am winner. going to pick Antonio Brown signing with the Bills. I figured. I. It was between that and freezing his feet. Freezing his feet is like the one that I don't think people are forgetting about. So that's why I don't know if it wins this award. It was like a whole big deal on freezing hard the knocks. feet was the crux of the craziness of what we witnessed with this situation. Cracker was like on the other side of it, but signing with the Bills was the original oh shit moment with Antonio Brown was where is he going to go? Mm -hmm. And so for me, we will never remember that he went to the Bills, just like a lot of people will forget that Trubisky was the most bet-on MVP candidate in Vegas. What's the what's the odds that you'd have to get in order to put 10 bucks down on Mr. Trubisky for 2020? Oh, 17,000? <laughs> 17,000 to one. What, what is get on it, Caesars. Sorry. Okay. Uh, the next woe category is... Legends of the game. And these are not people that play the game. These are people around the game. This is almost like this is a half a woey award, but also like I feel like we can have a Left Go Show Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like the NFL now inducts one fan a year. And it's like the fan that have like, I have every Detroit Lions player in bobblehead form for since 1980. Right. This is our fans around the game. Yeah, this is our legends. Nominee number one, oh. the guy who brought a pumpkin pie and a full can of whipped cream into the Bears game. It makes it so much better when Legend. you think about him going through security. <laughs> Legend. You know it was down his pants at some point during that journey through security. It was definitely and, and down his like pants. On top, it was master. I mean, bringing in a pumpkin pie, that's pretty legendary. But to bring the whipped cream and then to just sit there defiantly and just say, I'm not going to enjoy a pumpkin pie without... In the midst of a home team loss. Unreal. Great. Just legend. Nominee number two. 
the guy who stirred a jug of Gatorade using a sleeve of cups. Uh, the Washington Redskins legend. Staff. If you don't know this clip, I just highly, highly encourage you to go on YouTube. He's in the background of a shot of of the coach on the sidelines. I want to say it's Jay Gruden. Yeah, it was a Redskins. That's what it was. Yeah. And uh, so you see this guy for about seven or eight seconds, and the camera just kind of catches this guy. It's glorious. Didn't have a wooden spoon. Just didn't have the proper the, equipment. The, the and MacGyver he of NFL sidelines. How do you stir the Gatorade mix in an entire sleeve of cups? And if you on Twitter are making fun of this man, okay, you can't have it both ways. You can't applaud Lamar Jackson for his brilliant improvisations Very and true. then not also adulate this man for just coming up with an incredible ad lib on the spot to do his job. Some would say if you handed that man a saxophone, he was born for jazz. (laughs) All right, next up, who are the other two? Nominee number three, the Philly fireman who caught a baby coming out of a a window. Was he a fireman or was he just a guy? It might have just been a guy. I thought it was a fireman tossed a baby to an Eagles fan. And then and he but what made him it, legendary was like Aguilar. Yeah. He said, unlike Aguilar when he was being interviewed by the news, that's pretty legendary. And it was so perfect. Cause it really caught, it was like all of how the city felt about Aguilar, but like this wild video of this random dude. And then Went he became crazy. a celebrity. Yeah. De- definitely up there for legends of the game. Uh, and then legends of the game, the Raiders fans who threw nachos at the end zone, leading us to be able to say, the end zone got nachoed just yes. when they invented a new past tense verb. That's pretty great. Also, just the fact that Raiders fans refuse to leave the Coliseum. Yeah. Like that's legends right there. You're going to have to drag me out of here. <laughs> and like they all look like the scary dude from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I'll see you in the parking lot, shooter. <laughs> uh, who is your pick for legends of the game? I mean, he's a, like a one to five absolute lockdown favorite. It's the guy stirring Gatorade. That's with the my pick too. How, how can it not? That guy's a legend. He's a legend. We're going to remember him for 20 years. Man. Guy stirring the Gatorade with the cup. And I'm bouncing my grandkid on my knee. I'm going to be talking about Brady. I'm going to be talking about Gronk. I'm going to be talking about Ben Coates, my favorite player from growing up. And we're talking about the guy that stirred the Gatorade with the cups. All right. So if you guys disagree with us, we're happy to be disagreed with, but I don't know. There's just something about the innocence, the slyness, and also he had a little bit of mischievousness. <laughs> he There's knew. one part where he kind of looks left and he's like, oh, they don't catch me with the cups again. <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, all right. Next all right. category, Twitter explosion of the year. A moment in which Twitter was sent ablaze by something, someone, or some moment. David, what are the nominees? Uh, all the Seahawks fans turning their avatars to baby Yoda in order to harness the force for a win. Man, and they were able to do it. It, it was, works. It's weird when there's like a movement on Twitter and you're not a part of it. Because I was like, Eagles fans, what are we going to do? And you catch it two hours late and yeah. you're like, what? Did, huh? I, I looked away from my phone. Baby Yoda. Baby everyone. Yoda. Okay. That was a Twitter explosion. Uh, number two, pretty standard one, Andrew Luck announcing his retirement at age 29. That was just a Twitter explosion. It feels like a million years ago, but that was crazy. There, there are a few times where a Shefty bomb outdoes a Woj bomb. Mm. And that was a, to Jacoby Brissett reacting on the sidelines, to everyone in the stadium finding out, that was an oh crap explosion. Yeah. So good and crazy. Uh, number three, the Pope at Pontifex. Accidentally tweeting hashtag Saints, yes, and uh, getting the Fleur de Lee right up next to his hashtag, and all of the Saints now think they're the team of God. And really, who are we to argue with them at this? I point? I said that to the Ravens website. I said that if you asked me my Super Bowl prediction, I would pick the Ravens and the Saints because both had interactions with the Pope this year. Right. 
Ravens gave him a jersey. Saints were tweeted at. But that was that was such a great pregame Twitter moment when he did that on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and then the Saints went out there and beat the crap out of the Jaguar. It felt like divine intervention. Uh, number four, Antonio Brown signing with the Patriots. Right. So obviously now in retrospect, he wasn't with the Patriots. It's not like he led to some crazy 2007 like Brady season. But at the moment where the Patriots were rolling, you know, they were like they had this team locked and loaded for another Super Bowl. And then they add Antonio Brown. And he put out a picture from Bleacher Report of him in the Patriots jersey. Then the video came out. Uh, This may have been right before it where he's jumping around his backyard. I'm free. I'm free. But when he signed with the Patriots it felt like the season was over. Yeah. It like it was that, Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Andrew Luck retiring and Antonio Brown signing with the Patriots both felt like earth-shattering days on social media. And that one, it's like I got more both happy and angry texts about that story than all other news stories combined. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and then nominee number five, Kaepernick's NFL workout, it's happening. Now it's not happening. Now it's moving. Now it's going. That was just a, a 72-hour Twitter explosion. It was. It felt like five days, but that day, and there's video streams popping up, and Hugh Jackson's not going to be there anymore, and that one was a big one. And who were the wide receivers? That It was just so many questions. There were a lot of things happening, a lot of so moving parts. Twitter explosion. Which way are you voting? I mean, honestly, the biggest Twitter explosion was Andrew Luck retiring. Right. I, I could say personally for me, the Antonio Brown with the Patriots was a more personal story. But to me, I don't think anything was bigger in terms of everyone talking about one thing for a few days than Andrew Luck. Wow. I am going to say it's between those two for me also. I'm going Andrew Luck as well. Okay. I know we're kind of going chalk. We're kind of setting the chalk. <laughs> And then we'll let the 33% vote on it. I'm not here to make friends, okay? I'm not here to, to set the world ablaze with hot controversy. I'm here to pick winners. Yes. Okay? That's what I do. That was the biggest Twitter explosion of the year. Okay. I want to ask you this question right now. You okay, bro? <laughs> Good next, transition. The next award in the Woeys is the You Okay, Bro? Award and how would you describe what this award is? That's the one where you're watching football and you just want to pause the TV and tell the ref to like, okay, just like let's hold before the next play. You okay? Because I feel like we as a culture don't reach out to each other enough. Yeah, these people either got destroyed and made fun of, and nobody probably went to them and was like, "You okay, bro?" Yeah, but like you shouldn't have to wait till you get home and you get your text from your mom or your dad or your or me. Your, or Lefko. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all right, man. Just We just wanted to give this person a hug and say, you okay? All right, so what's the first one? Adam Gase, uh, the combination of the taco eyes, that crazy press conference where the taco was going all over the place, and uh, just ripping smelling salts before a game. You okay? So this you okay, is, Gase? This is less, hey, I'm worried about, this is less like, hey, are you okay? And more like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm actually, what the fuck is going on? Right? It's the difference between a whoa and a whoa. Yeah, like this is like I wanted to call up Adam Gase and be like, I'm concerned for your health. Yeah, and then you start reading these stories that he sleeps like two and a half hours a night. And yeah, you okay? Yeah, the eyeballs thing was definitely a you okay, bro. Uh, number two, Baker Mayfield having four different 
mustache hairstyles within one 24-hour period. Yeah, shaving three different times, saying he's not deserving of a goatee. Had a full beard, then not a full beard, then a Fu Manchu, then he said he didn't deserve the Fu Manchu. You, you hear that. I mean, as someone that's just had the same, I've been a loyal beardsman for five straight years now. I don't yes. mess it up. I just trim it down. You okay? You okay, Baker? Yeah. That, that, I just wanted to ask him that. That was peak tailspin Baker. Yeah. And look, I'm sure he's fine. He's the number one pick. He's going to be fine. He's going to make a lot of money. He's a talented guy. But just in that moment, wearing the trench coat, you okay? And I'm noticing the next three nominees are a dude from the same draft class. Yeah. Sam Darnold, his seeing ghosts moment against the Patriots. We talked about this, by the way. It's not that big a deal to say seeing ghosts. That's a legitimate football term. But it was that... It happened, it got mic'd up, then everyone's making fun of him for it, and it just seemed like he didn't deserve all the shit he was taking. And they lost 31-3, to and he looked completely helpless. And he said it with such genuine, like, despair. That's one, because I know that you're you're friendly with him. Yeah. Like, you just, you probably wanted to, like, put a little arm around him and be like, oh, you okay? You're okay. It, that was the take, though. It was, it, a lot of people were like, everybody felt bad for Sam. Yeah. So just, but there you know, were other moments where they didn't feel that bad. Because we want we want him to be okay. Yeah. I think the Patriots fans, we like Sam Darnold, right? Like the 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 respect that you get for Is like there? A, yeah, for like Bernie Williams over the years, like Red Sox fans like like Bernie That's Williams. Interesting. I feel like Darnold, he's he's okay. Yeah. He's a nice Cali guy. Uh number four, Sam Darnold getting mono. That we were just legitimately, are you okay? Like don't That hurt was the interesting because everybody was like Get out all your mono kissing jokes. And then like a day or two later, it's like, do you understand that mono was an enlarged organ? And if he were to get hit, he could die. Right. And it was like, it came back. So it went from a, you okay, bro? Like laughing to like, no, 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 seriously. Are you okay? Like that one evolved. (laughs) People were treating it like he had the sniffles. And then we got to make fun of it because of the graphic later where he pointed at the camera and it said mononucleosis. Oh, that one. he pointed Uh, really angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then finally, number five. Sam Darnold, uh, immediately after coming back into the lineup with famously kissing disease is what it's called. Yeah. He was making out with someone at a nightclub, like right after being cleared of mono. And that is the final evolution of you going up to your boy and tapping me like, okay, bro. And like, he, you know, he doesn't need anything, but just wanted to acknowledge like you're killing it right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you okay, bro. I, I wish I was like you. Oh, I'm going to the bathroom. So it's like he he really he covers the gamut. All the yeah. Seeing ghosts is you okay, bro. Mono is are you okay, bro? And then kissing is like you okay, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to pick Sam Darnold getting mono. Yeah, that's a good one. It just lasted. We had a lot to talk about. We're here in New it York. Had so many layers to it. It was funny. Uh, I've never heard of a player getting this before. Right. Um, but I'm going with Baker and the mustache. Gotcha. It's just that. That my to top me, three was that seeing ghosts and, and the the mustache to me just typified the like what's going on in this guy's mind. Like what what can we do to make you feel more okay, Baker? I also think that shaving and mono need a bro at the end. You okay, bro? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll be a good one to see where it votes. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. I'm sorry that you're in so many of these. <laughs> you had a great. You just team. had a lot of crazy shit happen to you this year. I still think you're going to be amazing. (laughs) All right. The next category, we have three categories left. Celebration of the year, year, year. David. Nick Bosa's slip and slide celebration. The Mud Bowl victory over the Redskins, 9-0. That one was so fun because that was like peak Niners. This defense is getting it done. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of questions about Jimmy G up to that point. And they win it. The offense of Washington does nothing. And it was 
a week or two after he planted the flag. Yeah, the Baker Mayfield. Baker, and that felt a little bit antagonistic. This was like the whole that unit bonding together, unbridled joy, unbridled, and, and I love that out of uh, professional athletes. Yeah, when they get to be kids. Yeah. Uh, number two. Oh, the Seahawks wide receiver core just bringing it all year. Season long award. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, this is like sort of a, a like a lifetime achievement, but for one year. Is that a thing? Sure. I so they they did saying. bye bye bye. They did new edition. They kind of just like hit a few different eras of music. Right. But they were choreographed. Like they thought about this. They spent there, time on. There the was plane. one time where the wide receivers and Tyler Lockett showed up wearing onesies. Mm-hmm. A lot of good celebratory moments for them. Yeah, and well deserved. Yeah. Great, great receiver core year. Drew Locke's Buzz Lightyear celebration. You would grab you the wrist. You love this one. I do. It's just so specific. Pew, 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 pew. It's just so specific. that, And it's also, it's that thing where you remember that a lot of these guys are like 21 years old. Right. So this movie was what? Like directly in his like, yo, you know, five-year-old, six-year-old Someone wheelhouse. Someone say his Q-Zone? It was right in his Q-Zone. His Moon River Rock was Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen, I, I think, think you, you should, should leave. leave. Yeah, just, just go watch just it. Pause the podcast right now and start watching. Uh, Quentin Nelson's fake keg stand touchdown celebration. It was so good, and I wish it counted. Yeah, the touchdown didn't count, but, but the celebration lives on. I think what I loved about it, too, was having uh, ESPN did a feature on him. And the celebration was for whoever scores a touchdown on the offensive line. Because apparently they, they, they do this in practice with a lot of different guys, not just Quentin. Oh, they've talked about this. Whoever gets it gets to go up. But when you watch it... And you see Quentin Nelson with 100% conviction <laughs> round up the troops. It almost looks like it scares the rest of the guys on the team. Because in Quentin's mind, he had already been thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, So right after it was, let's go Kegs! And it looked like they were running up to the line in a hurry up. And he gets up there and he does it. And the, the, the special was about how he supports. He's the first guy to always pick up the running back or the wide receivers. Yep. And he's the only offensive lineman in the league doing that. It was such joy that I know that it was one of Quentin's best moments of his entire life. It's great. And knowing the character makes that even better. Uh, and can I and see- it was great. I'd never seen it before. Yeah, it, that that the ingenuity is great, right? I don't like repeat touchdown celebrations. Right, like There's- when the Steelers have done bench press before. That was I like when we use someone as an object. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a keg, a table, a bench, I love that. Some real, yeah, you can like use do some real uh, charades out there. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite thing about it was that it forced all the like fifty and over announcers to be like, I, I think what he's doing out there is called a a keg stand. It's like, yeah, it's called a keg stand. It's you don't have to like act all coy about it. We like anyone that went it to does college magnify it, the gap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was whatever age is like before it. You knew exactly what it was, and over it, you you had to be like all shy about describing yes. that maybe you've heard I'm of this before. I'm also glad that it didn't launch into a bullshit debate. Last year, Minnesota did duck, duck, goose, mm. and then it turned into people being like, "Well, in my country, that's referred to as duck, duck, sparrow," and. You know, do you remember that debate? No, that's funny, though. And also, I'm glad it wasn't like a beer pong, because then it would have been like, well, we call it Beirut. Right. Like, we we call that Banks. Oh, we call that Cornhole. Keg stand is keg stand. Yeah. And it existed perfectly. Math, music, and keg stands are the universal languages. Love it. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, the final celebration of the year. 
This one requires a little bit of the story, but you remember Deshaun Watson threw the game-winning touchdown after getting kicked in the eyeball? Yes. And he had kind of one eye closed, and he kind of was touching his eye through the game-winning touchdown. So he didn't really celebrate much because it, it was a big moment in the game. It was incredible. But then later on, he said he celebrated by going out to get a Popeye's chicken sandwich, and he claims that that sandwich healed his eye. I'm counting that as one of the great celebrations of the year. I have partaked in the chicken sandwich for the first time in the last few weeks. Mm. And I believe it could have those healing <laughs> Okay. Have you had a Popeye's chicken sandwich? Yet? I have not. We are very late to this discussion. Are you not a, an, I am not typically someone that eats fast food, but where I currently live, there is a Popeye's four blocks from me. No, I, I absolutely should eat a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I'm sorry that I haven't. I will. Have you had a Chick-fil-A? I don't go to Chick-fil-A. Problematic. Yeah. Let's avoid that conversation and crown celebration of the year. <laughs> celebration of the year. Um, Which one are you picking of the five? Nick Bosa, Seahawks wide receivers, Drew Locke, Quentin Nelson, Deshaun. I'm going to Quentin Nelson's keg stand. It was just original. I it was well. fun. It was exciting. With, it was something you Nick wanted to Bosa do with your friends. Too. Yeah, sure. But don't you want to do that with your friends in flag football someday? Also, like Quentin kind of jumps and kind of claps a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're, we're going, we're kind of agreeing a lot here, but I'm okay with it. These are the correct in our or my mind. In the words of David Ingber, you can choose anything, but there's only one right answer. <laughs> okay, next up. Slogan of the year. Year, 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 year. Now I'm using sort of a loose definition of slogan here. Okay. Uh, number one, Mark Ingram, big trust. That exploded. Man. It's it's fun. It's usable. I don't know exactly what it means. Right. I think it's about trusting people, but I'm not 100% sure of that. Apparently, Lamar Jackson just goes around saying trust all the time, and that's why, like, trust me, and or we trust you. Yeah. And so Mark Ingram turned into a thing. Big trust. I'll be honest, your relationship with the Mariah Carey song, All I Want for Christmas, how I feel about it is similar to how I feel about Big Trust. I love Mark Ingram saying it. Mm-hmm. I love Lamar Jackson saying it. I fucking hate all the TV personalities saying it. <laughs> That's fair. I have to be delicate. The hardest part about getting bigger as an on-camera personality that actually is now going to be working on some linear properties yeah. is I can't be this digital guy anymore that just shits on people on TV all the time. Right. But I will say this. There is no league that I dislike more of the on-air personalities than the NFL. And I'm... I. You, there are so many networks that you're not going to know who I'm talking about. I just want you to know that I think it's the least quality. It's the most bullshit. They get it. They, I think they're the least prepared. And I think that there's a lot of them. And I'm not just talking former athletes that I don't really think are that good. Are you talking about? This is so hard because I used to go so hard, Ingber. And like, I just can't do it anymore. Because now I'm entering this like, hey, welcome to TNT. Fuck. But we can all agree. However your feelings are in the NFL world of commentators, we can all agree that the place with the highest percentage of high-quality, lockdown commentators— You're such an asshole, what do you say? The world of darts. 100%. Anytime a clip goes big now, Twitter mentions. I mean, you should be the face of darts. I would say this, though. Inside the darts. A lot of the European broadcasters— are a lot better at their job than the American broadcasters. I love listening to European soccer guys go nuts. They are more knowledgeable. They are more prepared. They capture the moment better. Like, I don't like a lot of American broadcasters. This is dangerous. <laughs> 120! All right, moving so that on. That was just one. That was Big Trust. <laughs> so, slogan of the year. Damn, Number one, Big Trust from Mark Ingram. Number two, Bruce Allen. 
of the Redskins. He said, quote, the Redskins have a damn good culture. That was after letting go of Jay Gruden. Right. And it's a slogan that we think applies, but he was definitely not intending it to be a slogan. Right. Which is a loose definition. Just I guess this is quotes of the year that we really liked. It's a really good one. Number three, bless you, thank you, our, our man Quinn and Williams. So good. That's another Twitter explosion. Like that, that was he is the week of Quinnen when he you know did that and he did the Madden thing. I really wanted him to have a better year, and he's also a guy that can have a great year and you can't really pay attention because of where he plays. Yeah, but I hope it turns around. Uh, number four, Pittsburgh started it. Quoth Freddie Kitchens' T-shirt that he right. wore before the game. That was a pretty big deal. That was. I mean, Pittsburgh. The Browns were at that point were playoff bound. Yeah, and ever since that slogan. But that, I think that encapsulates Cleveland really well, too. That was a ballsy move. And you know what? Like, a lot of people said, like, how dare Freddie Kitchens wear that T-shirt? Who's trash talk? What kind of head coach is this? But the thing is, I kind of like when coaches and players stir up some shit. It was good, good-natured trash talking, and it didn't work out because the team lost. I, I like it. I like, though, Tomlin's level of trash talk and Belichick. Belichick is the kind of guy that beats Philadelphia in Philadelphia and says, we had a lot of fun out there. Directly subtweeting Lane Lane Johnson from earlier in the year. Mike Tomlin's the kind of guy that he'll look and be like, they know what they did. And it's like, it's that level of trash talk where it just, it hits you so much harder. The Freddie Kitchens level of t-shirt. And I love that he threw his daughter under the bus. That his daughter made it. (laughs) Because then you can't really get upset. Like if you brought in a thing where it's like left goes a duty head and you're like, oh, Lucy did it. I'd be like, that's adorable. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, slogan of the year. This was a quote from Jason Garrett. Quote, analytics is just not something that we think is best for our team. Wow. I do like that Cleveland, Washington, and Dallas all had a slogan that really accurately. Deeply represented here, yes. I am going to go. It's the year of big trust. Big trust. I mean, like we could go with a lot of different options here, but big trust. This is the year of Lamar. It's the year of the Ravens. It's the year of their 13, 14 win season, whatever it's going to end up being. This is the big trust year. It really is. And that's how it goes. All right. Before we move on, by the way, I just pulled up my gambling sheet um, because now it's like the season's really done. And that one thing that I had about the teams that had excessive one score records Last year, remember, it was the Cowboys, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Chargers. None of them officially. Well, we don't know about Cowboys yet, but it looks like none of them are going to make the playoffs. And the reason I'm saying that is, I might be jinxing it because we're recording this in advance. (laughs) When I look at next year, the one-score win teams, I need you to remind me, We're going to put a lot of bets on those teams not making the playoffs. All right. In fact, if there was a way of parlaying all of them together, we might do that. Because if you bet before the year that the Cowboys, Rams, and Chargers all were not going to make the playoffs, we could have made some serious fucking money. Yeah. I mean, you can always parlay to, you know, just just play the odds against each other and try to get some sort of multiplier going. We pick like your favorite two or three teams, or maybe you make like four or five different parlays, all seven to one. Vegas trip next year. Oh, baby. Yeah. You want to play poker? (laughs) When am I going to go to Vegas and not play poker? And now, the final award for the Woeys is Woment of the Year! I really wish I was wearing a tuxedo right now. It just feels like it's... It's a big moment. Yeah. It's a woman. 
Woman of the Year, nominee number one. Save that one for last. The guy stirring a Gatorade cup with a sleeve of cups. This is the Gatorade guy's second nomination. He is going for his second win after earlier winning Legends of the Game. It's like when someone gets a, a nominee for both like writer and director. You're like, well, what? We, you can't do either one. Like he, yeah. It's all one and the same. The guy's a legend of the game, and he's a moment of the year. Uh, number two, Miles Garrett hitting oh. Mason Rudolph in the head with a helmet. What a moment. This was uh, an, uh, an honorable mention for Twitter explosion of the year as well. It was. Um, was it? It was an honorable mention. It wasn't a nominee. Gotcha, gotcha. It was oh. in consideration. Miles Garrett slamming Mason Rudolph. It led to two days' worth of takes. Should this guy be suspended forever? Yes. Should the league change its rules? Should Miles Garrett be, you know, whatever? People got angry at Mason Rudolph. Yeah, then it was then it was Zaprudering the uh, the original footage. Oh, he actually he he had his hands on Miles Garrett's neck, and he was just retaliating. It's turned into Christmas decorations on trees. People are are mocking this on the back of their cars with rear with rear view mirrors. It led and, to the Freddie Kitchens T-shirt. Yes, a lot of offshoot stories from this one moment. Wow, and it was truly. Did you get to watch it live? Yes, it truly was a. I'm yelling at my television. And the, those are just, they're rare. <laughs> they really are. And that was a holy shit. I, I also watched The Malice at the Palace live. Wow. And when people say that this is the worst thing since that, you need to go back and rewatch yes. The Malice at the Palace because that was 15 straight minutes of unbridled insanity that could not be controlled by police, by refs, by coaches, by fans. It just kept getting worse. Malice at the Palace was the first time that I said ESPN News is necessary because I needed some form of broadcasting to just replay that that thing over and over and over again. It was crazy. Miles My, Garrett's does not even touch Malice at the Palace. That was one dude trying to attack another dude, which we've seen versions of in various sports throughout sports history. Yes. It's not even better than Kobe getting punched in the face. No. No. Who punched him in the face? Or did Miles, did Kobe, didn't, uh, it wasn't Steve Francis. Did Steve Francis punch Kobe in the face? Or did Doug Christie get punched in the face by, by Chris Childs punched Kobe in the face? Yeah, yeah. But Kobe also punched Doug Christie. I'm blocking these out of my mind. Yeah, you're probably right. I know Doug Christie got destroyed. But those were all better than than Mason Rudolph. Yeah, that was. That was still a moment this year. For sure. Okay, so guys turning the Gatorade with the sleeve of cups. Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph with the helmet. Spygate 2.0 with the Patriots. Was a moment. Still embroiled in it. We don't really know where it's going to head. We don't know what the punishment's going to be. We don't know if the league's going to act on it, but very much a moment. When that, I remember when that tweet came out, we were here in the Bleacher office, and there was a lot of like, here we go again. A lot of, Absolutely. A lot of hands warming up from the non-Patriots fans. Uh, the birth of Russell Wilson announcing his contract in bed. Man. Just created a new character for you. Seattle. We, we got ourselves a deal. <laughs> oh, go to bed. That was that was a moment. It was also the summer of Russell mm-hmm. getting braids, dancing on boats, uh, the way he started the season. It was, you know, it was a hell of a year for Russell. Did you see that at NFL Twitter account referred to Russell as the uh, MVP frontrunner yesterday? No. During the game. 
No. I think it was just a direct troll at Ravens fans. That's really funny. They were like, seven-time Pro Bowler, MVP front runner, runner. There's only one danger, Russ. And it was like, have, have you been watching? Like, I'm pretty sure it's Lamar. Lamar's going to win this. Like, it's pretty Lamar. much uh, unanimous. Uh, and then finally, the last woman of the year nominee, the black cat of MetLife. Meow. Wow. Is that what it was? That an interview with the black cat? Yeah, he just dropped by real quick. That was a drop. <laughs> I'm the black cat, and I like to listen to the Lefko show. Meow. He also had the unintended consequence of like all the cat teams went like 0 and 15 directly after the right. cat at MetLife. It was like the Jaguars and the Panthers and whatnot. Was it Giants Cowboys? I think it was Giants Jets, wasn't it? It might have been Giants Cowboys. Giants. Anyways, the MetLife black cat. You love that black cat. Sure. That was also. The black cat was the, so like Mason Rudolph getting hit in the head by Miles Garrett was an opportunity for like non-football fans to weigh in subjectively about how they feel about discipline. Black cat moments like that, non-sports fans jump all over it. Mm -hmm. They almost feel as though they invaded the pitch. Like the cat (laughs) is their representation of being like, screw your game. I'm going to dance on the end line. Like, it, it felt like non-sports fans love that moment more than sports fans. And so, yeah, compare the morning after of the morning after Miles Garrett to the morning after Black Cat. Oh. Morning after Miles Garrett, everyone shows up at work. Here's my spicy take. I think he should be kicked out of the yeah. league for 10 years. The Black Cat the next morning, everyone's like, you guys see that Black Cat? That's the only take you can have. Was, how cool take? was that Black Cat? Oh, it was so funny when it jumped and then it went through the hallway. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it turns to people just retelling it and saying it wasn't that great. Everyone just has the same take. Then we're, we're united by our enjoyment. You're right. And, like, I would almost bet a large amount of money that, like, the New York Times email that went out the next morning, the sports brief was, and a wild cat ran onto the field. Like, it would be, like, their number one story. Sure. All right, woman of the year. Black cat, guy stirring Gatorade with sleeve of cups, Miles Garrett, Spygate 2.0, the birth of Russell Wilson. Ingber, where are you going? Black Cat at MetLife. Boom. I'm going Miles Garrett. That's strong, yeah. It's one of them is, yeah, but it, they, oof. I mean, I, I also think you put like Andrew Luck in there too, but that way I could see these are better. You know, if you, Miles Garrett, in my mind, like might become more important over time, you know, in the way that like uh, Pulp Fiction Everyone thinks Pulp Fiction should have won over Forrest Gump because, like, in the last 25 years, Pulp Fiction has become a much more important movie. Right. Right? I believe it was the year that Forrest Gump won, right? But but it's like, I think the reason why is Pulp Fiction— That is so true. The Black Cat is Forrest Gump, and Pulp Fiction is Miles Garrett. <laughs> like, that is a perfect film representation of those two moments. I'm just saying that over the next 20 years or so, if the Miles Garrett incident leads to— ways changes in the way the NFL disciplines players or changes in the way we build our helmets or changes the way the refs assess penalties, right? That might be a thing that we talk about a lot more. And we'll look back at this and say, I can't believe Miles Garrett got robbed and Black Cat actually won woman of the year in 2019, right? Then we'll just like be angry about that in the same way that people are still mad that Marissa Tomei won for my cousin Vinny, right? It'll just be one of those like critically acclaimed moments. I don't remember. It's just a thing that movie nerds get mad about. Uh, they don't like that they can say Oscar winner Marissa Tomei. I don't know. She was brilliant in that movie. Um, but yeah, Black Cat at MetLife right now in December of 2019. MetLife, Black Cat, the number one woman of the year. I'm very excited that we get to put up a poll that's weighing those two. Yeah. It's also it's the direction you want to take the 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 prompt. I feel like if we're going to stay in this like Oscar analogy that 
stirring sleeve Gatorade guy is the Roberto Benini of this year's competition. Mm-hmm. Like jumping on chairs, can't believe he won. I said, I win. I stir at a Gatorade. I hope he tweets at us. I hope he says, like, man, I heard the podcast. I'm honored to be a legend of the game. Wow. Glad to be nominated. Hope you guys have a great holiday. Anything you want to say to the people out there? Or do you want to save it for your thing? Yeah. Save it for your thing. Let's cue the music. Hope you guys have an amazing holiday. We will be back to preview all the wild card games with Mr. Warren Sharp. I am somewhere trying to get healthy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the part. (laughs) Take it. (laughs) Don't let me die. Just remember 33%. You don't have to wait until New Year's to make a resolution to better yourself. That's a good one. Do you have any about coughing? Yes. Take medicine. Don't be a hero. I'm Adam Lefko, the L-E-F-K-O-E man. When you see me next, I'm going to be a whole nother person. 2020, we're back at you. See you guys. Enjoy yourselves.